Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience revelatory teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Welcome to the Paula Price Show. See, I'm telling you, I'm going to get some applause sound effects. (laughs) (laughs) Because that is exactly what we need. Oh, Jesus. How about we get the effect? Yes. We get some sound. We have an effect. True, true, true. But what I'm excited about today is that the weather is beautiful here. We have had the mildest winter so far. Yes. And, uh, almost ready to move into spring, and I'm excited about how God has kept us in this wonderful place called Tulsa. Hi, Block Talk Radio. Hey, we're still every Thursday, 11 o'clock Central Time. We've been a team for a while now, haven't we? Yes, we have. We have been walking together, walking this journey for a little bit, and I'm grateful to God for the favor and the grace that he has given me yeah. for this, which started out as a prayer call. <laughs> yeah. I always liked that, Ashley. It started out as a prayer call. <laughs> well, we weren't sure if we were really praying for them or praying for ourselves. I think we were doing a little bit. <laughs> I was praying for myself through their issues. Through their issues. Yes. As I went through their issues, I thought, you know, yeah, I could, ooh, I'll, I'll tag that. I'll tag this. Well, I think it's a remarkable statement. On really, which is um, something you did when we shot some episodes of Taking It On With Paula Price, How God Makes Grace. Yes. And how so many ideas start as, well, every idea starts as a germ. Mm-hmm. And, but when you see someone at their height, you have got to understand that somewhere it was a seed, it was an idea, <laughs> it was Louis Meyer in her garage. Yes. <laughs> It was all of these, I saw some old little thing, one of these preachers standing in front of a lattice. I know, right? And just the regular podium, and now they're over many church. And the journey is the same. For everyone. For everyone. That's awesome. It really is. And even if you inherit somebody else's work, you still started somewhere mm-hmm. at zero and then had to build up to it. And sometimes you have a harder job mm-hmm. to prove. Yes, that you deserve it. Well, just like, you know, there's somebody set up that garage for Joyce Meyer. Somebody put that little lattice up there with those ivy leaves running through. Somebody had to do that, and that is the person who inherits it when it's time for it to move on or inherit their own uh, equivalent greatness in terms of what they gave to someone else. I always like having those discussions because for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been so talked out of the process of God making great, how God grooms, how God tries, prunes, so that when we look at the stories in the Bible, we call them anomalies. And yet when you look at the real life, those anomalies are really the norm. And so, you know, the fact that somebody is just going to jump into something out of nowhere, first of all, you know, Jesus said, who's going to trust you with your own? If you haven't been faithful in that which is another man's, who's going to trust you? Who's going to trust you with your own if your own thing has never grown and and it didn't take much to get you discouraged and I'm done and and all of those kinds of things? And so I like it. I think about it now because I'm thinking about your Friday night. (laughs) And you start with prayer. That's how we started prayer. Prayer. We're just praying for people. Just pray. We We don't even want to talk to you about much else. We have other resources and other outlets for that, but prayer. 
We just want you to let us pray for you. Bring your petitions to God. Because guess what? When Moses brought the people out of the wilderness, that's what he did. Yes, yes. When he brought them out of Egypt into the wilderness, rather, that's what he did. He stood there and he prayed for them. And he answered their questions about life. The great Moses who just parted the Red Sea, sitting down at a station telling the people what their lives was. And you know, and we're, we're going to be, and you know what made that essential for them? Oh, oh, I got to Early in the day. Early, 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 early. Can't even go to the city. Okay. But he actually had to do that because he ripped them out of their world. Think about it. We left our careers. We left our homes. We left our our family, our countrymen, those who didn't want to come. We left our jobs. We have nothing but what we gather on the way out the door, and we've already eaten the bread that we ran out with. So it was this, oh, help me, Jesus Christ. Love this man called Jesus. I do. Love him. Love, love, love him. And I'm not ashamed. Talk about not being ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the man. Hallelujah. And so it's important for you to hear what I'm saying. Because we, we, we tried that. Because we don't think. Because we read scripture within the confines of the church institution and the church world that has already civilized everything and established a civilization for God on earth. Moses, on the other hand, talked Millions of people into literally leaving their country. To convince them, God tore it down. So if they decided this was a bad move and they want to go back, there was nothing back there. Then he turned around and put put a whole sea between them. So now we're even more convinced that we can't go back. So they are in the wilderness. Oh, somebody hear me. Because when you are a mature apostle and a mature prophet, the pragmatism of God speaks to you. Wisdom calls apostles and prophets, and they call them with God's pragmatism. So Moses is standing there because I've heard a lot of of churches preach about Moses and Jethro having to tell him that was weird or whatever. But Moses had to tell these people something because he has destroyed their world. He has destroyed their life. They no longer have no reason to get up in the morning. They rather no longer have a reason to get up in the morning. They don't have a job to go to. They don't have a farm to to work. They don't have anything but the livestock that they don't even know how they're going to feed them in this wilderness. They've got family. They, you know, because when God catches you up, I want somebody to think about it. When God catches you up, he catches you up with his euphoria. He catches you up with his joy. In the moment that God wants to use you, you have perfect sight of what he wants. And then he gets done what he wants, and you're in the wilderness. And you're in. And that is when second guessing and regrets and doubts creep in, but it is also when logical questions arise. It was logical for them to say to Moses, we are no longer where we were. I was a doctor. I was an attorney. 
I was a priest. I was a farmer. I was a horse breeder. I was a builder. I was a contractor. I was all of that before God relocated us. Is anybody getting this? So what am I saying? It is not unusual to need apostolic and prophetic counsel when God puts a call on your life that removes you from your homeland or removes you from your familiar world. You need further counsel. And Moses was equipped. God expected that they would be concerned. He's not the, he wasn't confused. He was like, now, Moses, you're going to get these people out here, and they're going to realize they have nothing, that they have left everything behind but what they could wear or carry, and, uh, and the cash they took off the Egyptians. They got nothing. They, they have silver like you wouldn't believe, and no monetary system. So this is a jumbled mess of possibility, a jumbled mess of potential a jumbled mass of a future nation, and they are a mess. They are out there with nothing, no brick, no any. If they want to live in something, they got to build it. If they want to whatever, they have to do, and that was a big deal. And so when we, we like to, all of you who are prophets and apostolic people who are listening to me, and, uh, and, and what I bring you is God's pragmatism. So why did... Moses has to do that. I mean, why was that his first order of business? We would have thought that his first order of business was something else. But it wasn't. It was calming those people's fears and dealing with the fact that they'd been wrenched from civilization, and it was a wonderful journey. They had a big party on the way out. You know, they stuck it to the Egyptians. Wow, we don't need you. We are free. And then reality sets in, and that's when you need God's messengers to help you navigate the reality of your obedience. Are you hearing me? I just made a very powerful statement. That is why so many of you were confused. You stepped out. You know that the Lord told you to step out. You know God said walk off that job, leave that city. You know it, but you did it in your own strength. You did not have the Moses to draw you out or the Moses to draw you into your new life. What is going to be the reality of your obedience? It is very easy to um, impulsively obey God. It feels great. He gives you all of his warm fuzzies, his sweet lovelies for you to do it. He comes out talking about, do you love me? You already know you are. Let me brace myself because I know I love you, Jesus, but this is going to cost me. I know it. I'm bracing myself now. When he starts talking about, do you love me? All right, you know, are you mine? Will you obey me? Are you ready to hear? He starts saying like that, those are action terms for God. Those are not affective terms. We think they're just affection. He just, you know, because this last movement turned every every unction of God into some sort of emotional affection, and that's why you all stepped out unprotected because you did not have the protection of wisdom and knowledge. You stepped on a rhema, and nobody brought you the logos, the logic of your obedience. There's a logic to your obedience that enables you to negotiate and navigate the realities of saying, yes, Lord. We sing about, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, whatever you have, I know. We do all of that. All of that is that effective stuff that God uses to motivate us to compel our obedience without using his force. So he uses his love for us and our love for him 
to get us to do things that we know make no sense. Now, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination implying that everyone who obeyed God did so at the word of God. But I am saying that those who obeyed God or who said that God told them to quit did so at God's word. There are a lot of times people just obey God because it worked out for somebody else. That's emulation, and emulator obedience is not going to give you a harvest. Well, so-and-so did it. So if it works for so-and-so, it should work for you. Uh -uh. What you eat won't make somebody else's fat. So you need to recognize that there are certain things that you have to do yourself that pertain strictly to your entity called you on earth. And so as you go forward, you, so you step out. I'm talking now to those of you who obeyed and you're dejected, you obeyed and you're angry, you're frustrated, won't talk to God, won't talk to people, I'm not going to church, won't do a church. First of all, without a Moses, without a prophetic, apostolic prophetic, because Moses walked in both, without an apostolic and prophetic counselor, you don't know whether you are even interpreting your freedom, your liberation, if you will, from your present correctly. You need somebody to tell you you're doing it right. You need somebody to tell you how to get it right. And the fact of the matter is the church has so bound up everything in the office of the pastor that the counselors you need, the coaches you need, the guides, the advisors, all of those are taken off the table because you're a good church person. And, you know, the the pastors are not GP. They're not general practitioners. Practitioners, they're householders. Now, they're huge householders, and huge householders are smarter people, okay? And then they're small and tiny householders. But pastors are householders. So the anointing on their life is keeping the house, holding the house together, corporately, and then financially, spiritually, intellectually, and we can go on. Pastors are householders, and a lot of you have put it on your pastor to be an advisor in a field or in a subject they have no knowledge of, and you assume that the pastor comes with a full seven-sphere package, and it doesn't. The seven mountains are not in your pastor. They're in the kingdom. And your pastor has one mountain called worship and religion. Now, if your pastor came from another career, you, you, hey, you're blessed. If your pastor was a former financial person, you can seek quality financial information from them, from their life. If your pastor was a designer, educator, academician, scholar, uh, a contractor, engineer, IT person, but you're asking your pastor for career information, and that's not their domain, people. You're asking your pastor for a ministry outside of the church, and it's not their domain. And unless you have a full circle, like a former CEO or a former COO or a former head of something, most pastors have not been the head of anything. Not in say all. I say most. Because most pastors got saved, fell in love with Jesus, and they did what you're doing, obey God. And along the way, some of the more uh, conscientious ones took classes, finished school or whatever, but that's not the, the lion's share of the case, which is why so many of you are in, in positions and in ministries and doing things under your pastor's word that you don't know came from sheer instinct, inkling, not education, 
not training, not expertise. And so we are accrediting an expertise to the office of the pastor that it doesn't have. The pastor is a domestic office in the kingdom. They are about house, home, home life. That's why what you hear from your pastor will always revolve around your church. Very few pastors can speak outside of what they think is the well-being or the rivalry or the competition or, or conflict with their church because their household is they're supposed to take care of the house. They're supposed to hold it together. That is not what the apostles and prophets are. They are kingdom agents. And they are supposed to know about the entire realm of God in their, in their respective spheres. They're supposed to. And with training, many of them do. But f- sad to say, most often, they're running on instinct too. So you are obeying God who is speaking to you from your destiny book with no, from people who have no credentials in what you're doing, no credibility because they have no accreditation and no idea what you're talking about, no answers other than, well, this is what I see and this is what I feel. They don't even ask you, oh, come on, I'm going to hit something again. Now I'm going there. I'm walking up. I'm hitting the kicking guy. Hit, hit. See here? All right. <laughs> They don't even stop to ask you what your credentials are for the call you say you have. Nobody asks you. You go to get a job, they're going to ask you, what's your experience? What is your exposure? What have you done in this area? But we have so bought into take everybody by their own word concept, theology, that we don't do it. And the poor pastors are answering, assuming that you you meet all the criteria of the calling you're asking them to affirm. Wisdom, guys, wisdom is the principal thing. And with all thy getting, get understanding. So you may have the, the, the wisdom of God's word, but you don't have an understanding. And so pastors are standing there sending you out to start a church when you have never even been able to start a meal. You can't start a, a, a plan in your own house. You, we have people starting churches who say, yeah, I've been working on trying to get my bathroom done for 15 years. That's a failure already <laughs> confessed. That's a confessed failure. I can't finish anything I start. So I'm, I'm speaking on both sides of the coin. I'm speaking on the pastor doing what it takes to, to protect their credibility in their congregation. And then I'm speaking to the congregant saying, make sure that you're not asking your, your pastor to speak outside of his or her sphere, his or her scope of knowledge and experience on a matter. And those things you can hear. You can't, because they can say, well, yeah, I know, but work your head back through their sermon, because what you know will come out in your public communication. What you know, what you've read, what you've experienced. People always tell stories when they have a public message. They always tell stories about what they did in the past, when they were, when they did. You, before you approach your pastor, make sure your pastor can answer these questions. Likewise, your mentor. You choose a mentor who has no expertise in your destiny. And then wonder why your mentor can't get you there. You choose a mentor who has no sense of your destiny read a couple of devotional books. Even if they tell you they read it, you need to find out what they read. Did they read somebody's testimony, a few devotional books, or did they actually read the information 
manuals or, or writings on that subject. Now, I have no idea why we're having this conversation, but clearly God is helping some of you. So your failure, God didn't fail you. You failed yourself in your own lack of due diligence. Just because it's a call of God doesn't mean that you are exempt from performing your actual due diligence. You must diligently explore your sphere. God can wait. If he waited till you got of this age, he can wait. Because God is about success. And remember, God waited till Moses was 80. Talk about somebody who wait. Moses is 80, talking about Joshua, old. You know, we don't realize, we think Joshua, well, he was a youth. Joshua might have been a youth, but he wasn't a little shot. He wasn't a, an elementary school. He might have been an adolescent. And then by the time Moses is passing away, he's in his 50s at least. So God can wait for you to get it straight. So stop going to that. You go to ministry schools. I love it. These people go to ministry school because, see, I, when people come to me with their little credentials and they come to me with the transcripts, I look at it. And I don't look at your grade because I know the people who are not properly developed and properly ed- um, educated will give biased grades. They will give instinctual grades. They will give sentimental grades because I, I, I deal with it with my own trainers. No, no, you're not going to pass that because they tried. But that's not good enough for me. So I'm saying this to say when they come, I look at the subject matter. I never forget somebody got angry with me because they brought me a transcript from a very renowned worldwide training center. And I looked at it, and they said, you know, I graduated with all A's. I looked at the subject, and I thought, if you, if you didn't get an A in this, then you do have an educational deficit. These were no subjects that were useful. You know, how to cast out demons is nice, but if, you, if, if you're not going to be a, a, an eight-hour-a-day demon caster outer, that's probably not a lot, okay? How to pray effective prayers, that's great. That's great, but those are supporting things. Those are not core. We still need to get the core of what God is calling you to do, and you've been running on kernels and not the core. We step out on kernels. And so you go to schools that are guarantee you to have a wonderful religious experience, charismatic experience, and no general core education in what you're called to do. And when you want to touch the public and you want to work in the world, you need both. So you go there, you don't even ask the school to tell you what the program is. Like they come, uh, people enroll in my school and they're stunned that it's a real program. They say, oh, this is real school. We have to start our classes with this is not a Bible study. We have to make them write it. This is not a Bible study. So your points of view don't matter. They won't matter until you prove that you have absorbed the education, at what point we're interested in your, at that stage, your perspective. Because you're giving us educated information. You're giving us educated feedback, educated comments, and not sentimental ones, not emotional ones. And I'm speaking to somebody that God has told to start a school. And you're about to start it with somebody's program that's going to get people from no place to nowhere. And they're going to look back because this is why people don't like our training. They're going to look back on their years with you and find out they took one course a year and you told them they had a four-year program. One course a year is not a four-year program because there are so many pieces to making things happen. 
and to making people successful. And you have to give people the soul of success, the psyche of their success, and the intelligence of their success. And most times we graduate people with a lot of zeal and no skill. They still can't do any better, and they're still, still moving by the same emotionality that drove them to you. Pastors are telling people, go start a church, and I've, I've watched them. Well, I sent him out to start a church. Why? Would you send him out to start another business? Oh, well, no. No, because he needs to learn something. Put huge sums of money about people behind people you didn't train and wonder why they fail, and they're walking around, they're walking around now feeling your rejection, living with your disappointment when you, in fact, failed them. Because when you send a person out to do something, that they are not adequately fitted for or trained to do, you have already sent them out to fail. It's a doomsday mission. And you send a lot of pastors, you got people out here today, God can't even talk to them because you sent them out into the field because as far as you're concerned, it's all on the Holy Ghost. And if it was all on the Holy Ghost, why did you start a church? Because the Holy Ghost should have done it, and you should have just sat on down. And you sent these people out. And they're angry with God. They've lost their homes. Some of them have lost their marriages. Some of them have lost their connection with families. And they will not, and others just will not touch a church again. Why? Because you set them up to fail. Because anything you don't equip, and anything that you equip, in, in, what do you call it, inappropriately, improperly, unrelatedly, you guarantee failure. You set these people up to fail, and these people were just trying to obey the Lord. But because we've been taught, we've been sold a bill of goods that if God calls you, it's God's job. Well, God calls doctors, and they still go to school. And God calls lawyers, and he calls scientists, and he calls um, uh, educators, and all of that, and they all go to school. Why is it when he calls us, we don't have to go to school, we just go into fantasy? We're going right into fantasy mode, right into vain imagination. And the sad part about it is that the entire system in most of the world started with the church. It was the church that started educating people outside of their family rights and their nobility. It was the church that began to educate the common person to take on different things. The church's success is what gave us what we have today. It wasn't a secular world because the secular world was totally tied to demons, favoritism, bias, nobility, royalty, genealogy, lineage, and family heritage. It was all about that. So if you that's what where caste systems come from. And that is why they were in caste systems. It was the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that broke the caste system by educating the everyday person. The church of Jesus Christ did that. That is why so much language and conversation and, and so much um, old information is laced with Christianity. Because that's what we brought to the world. That is what they're trying to erase. And then somehow this thing got flipped, and somebody flipped this paradigm, and it became easy street for the church because that was a strategy to take it, take it out of its strength because knowledge is power. And when people know things, they, know, they become powerful. That is why when folks want to make you a slave, they want to break your, your control, they want to take over your world, the first thing they take from you is knowledge. 
because knowledge is the key to everything else. Because if you know what you're doing, then you'll know how to defend yourself, you'll know how to prosper, you'll know how to thrive. And so the first thing, so what did Jesus come, and, and this is the first time, what did he say about those lawyers in his, in his time? When he, was, he said, but you lawyers, take away the key of knowledge. Oh, I did it again, didn't I do it? I'll just do it. <laughs> See, they don't like it when I do it. <laughs> y'all, y'all like a slap. But, ah, but they, he said you took away the key of knowledge. What is he saying? I imparted knowledge to people. When Jesus comes into your life, knowledge is the first thing that he breathes into you. He shows up. He speaks to you. When he delivered the madman of Gadara, got him dressed up, cleaned up, and everything, and then what did he say? Sat down and taught him. Everybody that Jesus delivers, he teaches. That's why people are undelivered, because they haven't been taught. Because when Jesus delivers you, he teaches you. Knowledge is, God is knowledge. All knowledge comes from the Almighty. He is not. This is his kingdom. It's his world. He's been doing this forever on that. And so when you step out into your ministry with no knowledge, oh, hear me, God, you have guaranteed yourself failure and embarrassment. Because a lot of the things that you say sound so good in your head, your uneducated head, you don't realize it sounds idiotic to everybody else. And then you, then you cover that by saying, yeah, well, that's just because they're jealous. Well, that's just because they don't get my deep revelation. You don't even know what you have is deep because you have no measurement. Your little shovel is a spoon. And you think you're shoveling something and you're only scooping because you don't, you don't have enough to measure depth. We had, we had a young person come to do one of our sessions, you remember Ashley, and stood up there and said, well, y'all probably not going to get me because you're deep. I'm too deep for you. I looked at this guy and thought, baby, first of all, I need you to go get an encyclopedia. No, no, just get a dictionary. No, just get a glossary and just tell me what deep means. Because this is not deep calling under deep here. This is shallow pretending to have some knowledge. And so we have to, and it was so funny because it was, it was a pretty significant event, and, and the people all over lunch, everybody was cracking up, and I said, but see, you're standing in your own pride. Pride doesn't give you death. Well, and, and I can't understand anybody <laughs> who says to your followers. And I'm sitting they, on the front row. And what they're going to say is, deep. <laughs> I'm sitting on the front row trying to keep a straight face because the camera's looking at me. You did well. I did. I was trying. But I want you to say, you know, if you're going to say, I don't say I'm deep. I really don't. Ashley will tell you I never do. She always has to shut. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Because we had one of those moments last night. No. I know. <laughs> we did. deep on that because you can see the depth. We were in the shower. Like, <laughs> baby pool on that. And, I, you know, and so I'm saying that to say, but we don't make God look good. We keep telling God.
going like crazy. Now, how would I? I had no sign at all. I had a, in my other house before I got here. Guy said, uh, a, mouse, "A mouse has gotten into your house and is breathing." Mm. Mm-mm. Now, if that's how, first of all, aren't you almighty? Aren't you busy? <laughs> Don't you have a lot on your plate? And yet, you're telling me this problem is existing. I was before I moved here in Jersey. I was in prayer one day. Ashley talking about the knowledge of God. I was in prayer one day, and the Holy Ghost said, "Okay." He said, "A, a, a new." He said, "A new drug group has come." Into your neighborhood. I need you to pray for me to get it out. Baby, I didn't know who that was. Do you know it took two years for it to show up? Wow. And when they busted it, it was two years old. Now, that's God. But, hey, how about this? What does it take for me to, A, get him to tell me those kinds of things that he doesn't tell anybody, B, for him to trust me to handle that wisdom, that information, Right away, because most of us would go to the cops and start talking about stuff that you can't prove. But see, God's knowledge is infinite. When he says he knows everything, he said, when I tell you I know how to count the hairs on your head, I count the hairs on your head and the ones that fell on the floor. He knows us because this is old news to him. Our today is God's yesteryear. And so this is all old news to him. God's going in his archives talking about what he knows about us today because he's already at Omega. And so I really want to say to whoever you are, you're having struggles with your uh, your choices. I, I stepped out and started a ministry. Why did you start a ministry? You know nothing about ministry and you have never served anybody in ministry. Why would you do that? Well, because the Lord told me. Well, the Lord tells people to be doctors and they go to school. The Lord tells people to be exterminators, and they go to school. The Lord tells people to do everything in their life, and they go to school for it, and they choose the school that literally teaches their emphasis because you go to any old Bible school and think that your emphasis is going to be covered in any old Bible school. We, not, we have to start setting ourselves up for success. Dr. Price, what is this all about? Why are we having this conversation? Because you have to stop setting yourself up to fail in Christ. Because Christ doesn't fail. Jesus Christ doesn't miss it. And you jump out and you just go to school. I'm just going to go to this school because they've been talking about it on TV. You go there, you put out all of your money, you do all of those assignments, and then you end up coming out saying, I'm ready to go, and nobody wants what you have. And you know why? Because where God had you go did not need what you took. Because his anointing on your life was not what that school had. Well, I just think we can go to any school you want. You can, but you cannot hold God accountable for not honoring your choices. You need to find out, God, who do you want to train? Well, I don't want to go there. They hard. But did it ever occur to you that if he called a hard school, it's because you have a high call? Hard education does not go to the receptionist in the corner. The janitor doesn't need super education unless he's going to be the janitor of an entire institution. If you're just going to be the guy down there in the high school, you don't need a higher education. So when God starts telling you you need a higher education and, you need, and it's hard, you need to recognize it's because you're going to handle hard issues for him. Oh, I got to hit something. 
anointed Saul on a Friday, inaugurated Saul on Sunday, and put Saul out to work on the next Monday. Could care less whether he understood anything about kingdom. And he put him in position over something that never existed before. And God said, why? Because Saul was an answer to the people's cry. He was not the destined person God had to cover his people. Saul was never meant to be a covering. He was not. He was meant to be a crisis. He was meant to create crises so that people understand what bad leadership is all about. And some of you all, God never, you, he never talked to you about it. I'm asking God what he wants me to do. I'm not asking God. I'm praying for the Lord to tell me my purpose. God's not telling you your purpose because he knows you're not going to do what he has for purpose. He knows you want him to underwrite your purpose, and he's not going to do it. But I'm going to wrap it up on this. Your pastors, however wonderful and exciting Loving they are. This is not, by any stretch of the imagination, a, a a disparagement of pastors. I am one, been one for a lot of years. But it is time for us to recognize even pastors and five folders need to stay in their lane because they've, they've jumped lanes and they've caused accidents and pileups and shipwrecks and devastation of lives because they felt compelled to pastor a person's career and they weren't equipped to do so. You cannot shepherd somebody's career. You mentor a career. You coach a career. You advise. You can't shepherd someone's career unless that is yours too. And at what point, we're still coming back to mentoring and coaching. And I think that as we're going forward, five folders need to stay in their lane, especially pastors. Pastors have tried to cover an entire freeway, and it's been a free-for-all. You are not an advisor of this particular field. You can be a spiritual advisor, but pastors are not general practitioners. You're not a GP spiritual advisor. That's what Moses was. He was a GP. He, was, he covered all of it because he had just taken down a whole country, faced off with the rulers of the country, was raised almost to inauguration or coronation as the future king, knowing the realm, educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. So Moses could speak to a broad range of subjects because he had had the training, the education, the experience, and the years and years of pruning and proving. Most pastors have been in ministry less than five years, and you're telling people what to do with a career. And you all who sitting under these young pastors, you're not trying to get wisdom. You're trying to get a, a, a whiff of God that's not going to put anything on you. Now, I don't think God, some of you are smart people because I know some. I know some that are very smart, very good, and very astute. But you have to recognize wisdom takes the time it takes. Wisdom, knowledge can be learned in a prescribed period of time. Wisdom takes the time it takes because wisdom is 100% tied to living. You have to live wisdom to be wise. You can read knowledge, you can read a book, you can read knowledge, you can read understanding, you can read a magazine, you can watch a movie, and you can gain information by hearing. But you cannot develop wisdom by just seeing. No matter how much you see, you have, because wisdom is tied to your emotions, your intelligence, your experience, your soul, your memories. All of that goes into wisdom, which is why wisdom is the principle of that. 
So if you're talking about getting some prudence, getting sound advice, then you need to know somebody put in some time in your subject area. Hallelujah. Prophet Ashley, how are they doing? Are they showing with you? Oh, yeah. Rookies in the pulpit. Before you speak, so why don't we use that term? They are rookies. And why are rookies gathering numbers? Because people want to be rooked. Mm. Mm. That's why. Mm. Amen. Well, Dr. Christ, you are really full of wisdom this week. Uh, as always, <laughs> the wisdom is increasing and expanding. Your reach is expanding, which is <laughs> mind-blowing to believe it's possible. But it's true. Even this weekend on Saturday, we have a two-hour webinar. Yeah. She is wrapping her, I mean, I'll come back to my talk, but I want to make sure we get this out there. You are wrapping your marriage series with a two-hour webinar, 10 a.m. to noon, Central Standard Time, uh, addressing the mania monogamy and monogamy of marriage. And let me tell you what, viewers, she would share a few things with me this morning and psyched me out. That's what we're going to talk about it today. And he psyched us out. Yeah, he did. He did. He did God. He mm-hmm. did the God man, and we rolled that. And blew my mind. I'm telling you, you want to go to drpaulaprice.com or her Facebook under her events. It's also set up there to register for Saturday for two-hour webinar on this. Blows your mind. But let me say this, just so we can we can tell you a little bit. You know how it's the most trendy thing for prophets to prophesy marriages. Isn't that something? How many people have prophesied it? Other people have prophesied that romance is coming in your life, and it's become almost a craze. Well, under the mania thing, I found the answer to why they're compelled to do so. But you have to register to find out these things. Why prophets especially feel compelled to prophesy marriage what to do if you marry on prophecy, and then how do you profit from the Esau blunder? Because some marriages hold your birthright, and you don't even realize it. All right, go on. All right, thank you. <laughs> I'm so happy I get to be at all of these classes. <laughs> <laughs> you work for it, though, baby, you know? You I have know, to work. It's always in my schedule <laughs> to do so. Okay. Excellent. Uh, whenever you were talking about wisdom calling apostles and prophets, mm-hmm. and what I appreciate about what you said today should help pastors take them off the hook, take them off the hook, but also help their people. And we've had to do prophetic advisements on this subject. At least I have. Your pastor should not be put down mm-hmm. because it is beyond their reach and scope, as you addressed. To deal with these issues. This is why we have a full staff mm-hmm. in the body of Christ to do that. And so we talk about that, calling that, um, and how you need further counsel when God uproots you. I mean, we have so many people. We get the calls all the time. Mm-hmm. To Tulsa. Yeah, we do have them. And we have set up a system to see to it that we don't just get them here and be like, all right, we're going to pray for you every time But have an entire support system. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then tell them it's their faith that fails. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because you didn't believe that your faith wasn't strong enough. And to walk them through that process because that's what these mantles do. Mm-hmm. And you said 
pastors hold the house together. Mm-hmm. You need that, but you're domestic. But we need domestic. We do. But understand. Everybody got to come home. <laughs> in order when we come home. And you said, don't choose a mentor with no expertise. I condensed a couple statements. Don't choose a mentor with no expertise or sense of your destiny. Mm-hmm. Expertise in your area. That you mm-hmm. Or sense of your destiny. And a lot of times, we uh, there will be an incompatibility. And sometimes it's because you don't want to submit, you don't want to come under. There are a variety of reasons why the mentor-mentee relationship may not be working. It's true. It, it can go both ways. We've been in this for years, and so we know sometimes, okay, you just can't submit. Mm-mm. You don't even like your mentor. Mm-mm. You like where your mentor is, but you don't like them personally. You can't respect or trust them. But when you're talking about uh, them not having a sense of your destiny and how we do have to be taught to hear mm-hmm. if someone has a sense of our destiny. Mm-hmm. That's true. No, they just don't. I mean, you you are an amazing mentor because you can tap into the people in mm-hmm. our team who should be in the church, mm-hmm. the ecclesia, those who should be in business. Nope, you need to be in politics. Let's work on you. In mm-hmm. the medical profession, you need to be in accounting mm-hmm. and really do that. That's rare. Kingdom. That's rare. Moses, kingdom. And, of course, our favorite zone is how we start on zeal and no skill. <laughs> <laughs>
You know, my daughter, she just drops these kids off, and I, no matter how much I tell her I have something else to do, she just drops them off. So what can I do? I mean, it's grandchildren, and my word to the, I mean, that's a hard, what am I supposed to do? Family is important. That's right. It's a priority. Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to address that a little bit later. Okay. And uh, dealing with the greatest threat to your success. But for now, we are going to still continue in this vein of thinking, because I want you to think about how you feel when somebody constantly breaks their word to you, regardless of the reasons, even if they're really, what you classify as really good reasons, can you really use them if they're not around? <laughs> well, no. Okay. So you see, the pastor actually might have great plans for you because he's telling you, take these classes. He wants you to be at the events. He's encouraging you to plug in. But if you're not there, you're really leaving him no option or else. You're going to put him in a position to have a double standard where he makes certain people have to finish the training and have to be there to get promoted and then to allow you to do it because he understands only in the end to probably have you not there anyway because those grandkids aren't going anywhere anytime soon. I know. And they're so cute. I've seen, I can tell you on Facebook, you know, friends on Facebook, yes. they're so cute. You have a decision to make. What? They're my grandkids. And, 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 well, nobody's telling you to drop them off at the bus station. Oh, okay. okay. But some things are just about deciding on what are your priorities. Your past is responsible for the entire success of everybody in the church. That is an amazing responsibility. You are stressing out about your three or four grandchildren. He has a couple hundred sheep who have sheep and families and responsibilities. Yeah. Just like your secular job. You back out of church training. So you wouldn't miss work. Yeah. That lets him know your real job, as you will probably call it, is more important than his real job, which is ministry. Church yeah. is a real job to lead to church leaders. Ooh. It's not an extracurricular activity. For the rest of the saints who come in after they've been in their real world, they come into the church world. But for the ministers, that is their real world. Oh, Prophet Ashley. So are you saying... I can't even believe it. I love my pastor. Yes. And I love his family. I can't believe. You're saying that I put him in, in, in tight spots and uncomfortable positions, but why would I do that? I, I, I want to serve. I mean, I came to serve. Why do I do that? Well, I'll tell you why you do it. I'll tell you why a lot of people do it. Because, and the church really did this to itself, we have taught from the pulpit so many years, family first, that we don't realize what we said is God when he sits in. That's true. We, I mean, preachers have preached it. I'm a, I'm a father, then a husband, second. No, you're not. You're standing up in the pulpit all the time doing your job. We say all of those things to give people permission to dismiss God, reschedule him, postpone him, put him off, flat out reject what he said. And as long as our family is happy, we have told, we have preached. That as long as your wife or your husband or your kids are happy, God is happy. His church is going to hell. Straight to hell in the handbasket. Everywhere we see it. But that, that is how you got here. And that is the church's role even in how. Because back in the day, think about when you were a kid. I can think about when I was a kid. That was not the case. It was the beginning of this family first thing. Wow. It was like 25, 30 years ago being pushed to the forefront. 
but the, the, the more of the breaking away we have had into our charismatic, non-denominational self, mm. the more this has happened. But why, you know, I pray. Why didn't, why didn't God say something? I mean, I asked God why the pastor just suddenly changed toward me, and he didn't answer me. And I try to get the pastor to talk, and I can't get a meeting anymore. Well, you can't get a meeting anymore because he doesn't trust you, and he also doesn't think you're going to understand his situation, which before this moment you did. You were ready to give him the sell off. Yes, I, I, I told you, and you need to. Stay. I have my resignation letter right here. Right? I was right. I'm, 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 and if it wasn't for you today, yes. I was going to drop it off and just leave. Mary, if you want to change your pastor's perspective of you, you're going to have to own up to who you are and, and say to him, I had no idea this was affecting the ministry like that. That's the beginning of building trust. Hmm. You don't put people in leadership positions unless hmm. you trust them. And we make it about charisma, we make it about all these things, and that's important intelligence. And I tell you, you need to watch this show called Paul Price Show, because Dr. Paul Price is in a teaching on the importance of education and ministry. You will love her. I will check it out. But it will give you a perspective that the church ministry is God's business, not his extracurricular activity. That's true. And it so is. many people treat even their volunteer posts and what they're doing as extracurricular and when the leaders of the church impose the same standards of their non-church job, mm-hmm. there's all this backlash. That's true. Who do you think it? How many nights do you? Now, you have a kid who is in sports. You are at that football field, cheerleading, school play, five, six days a week. You don't take vacations because it's soccer season, it's football season, it's all the things. We can't do it. And the pastor wants to implement a new service once a week for two hours, and you're having a meltdown. Well, Prophet Ashley, I think that I, I really feel so brokenhearted, I mean, because I so love my church. Mm-hmm. I, I want my church to succeed. I want my church to be a winning church. And and I, I it never dawned on me that I had a real serious role to play in that. I, I didn't think I mattered like that. I truly didn't think it mattered. And I just thought, well, since I'm a volunteer, I mean, how much can a volunteer matter? But I, I'm, I thank you for this. I just want you to tell me, but why didn't God answer me? I mean, he could have told me what you did because God told me so many other things in my life. Why do you think he didn't answer? Well, I think that one, the Lord knew you were going to be in this session. Yeah. And sometimes when God tells us something that's really hard for us to hear, we question if it's really yes. Yeah. Well, uh, that's not because you would have thought probably that's not in my heart. That's not who I am. That's a spirit of condemnation. Yes. Yes. Because, again, knee-jerk, trained reaction, because we are not taught how God really is. We're not. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going back to my Bible. I'm going to think this thing through, and uh, I'm going to pray and repent to God, first of all, because I didn't realize I was taking, I was trivializing his work. I, I really thought I was helping God out just you know, when I could, but now you're letting me know I trivialized everything about him, and I didn't plan to do that. And then I'm going to clear and clean it up with my pastor, and maybe they'll give me another chance. But in any event, at least I know what happened. Thank you, Prophet Ash. You're welcome, Mary. And I'm going to watch that show. You should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I hope that that little dramatization was helpful to some of you and that it gave you a sense of 
what it what matters. How was it that she was able to answer my questions without quoting a string of scriptures and then giving me a bunch of con- condemnatory passages to look at and, and rebukes, but just simply appealed to my intelligence and appealed to my affection for my pastor? And that you learn. That's, that's learned. That's taught. And it's practiced. It's not something that you just any other things? What are they saying? Do you have any responses to share with us? Oh, yeah, it was helpful. Love it. Oh, <laughs> it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see. <laughs> Great. Yay, she was too. Uh, I, know, I know she's doing it, but she was chiming in there. Um, amen. Even uh, about today, may this word permeate the earth. I think that's it. I can say amen to that comment. You better teach, apostle. Somebody said, my brain is expanding. Yay! Big brain. We got big brain Christians, and it's okay. <laughs> big brain. Yeah, we're going to be big brain Christians. <laughs> the truth is flowing. We also have, and I know Prophet Adil will do this in her announcements, we have two offers. Sure. happening this month. We broke down some clarity on the offers. Offer number one. 10% off of your next downloadable item when you purchase the MAQ. The MAQ is already 20% off. Okay. When you are taken to the PPM Global website, you purchase the MAQ. After you pay for it, when you go to check your email, you will have the code for the discount. That code is what you will use when you shop on our online store. Okay. The second offer is a product discount on orders of $30 or more. This is online only. That's the Feb 10. F-E-B, the number 10. F-E-B, the number 10. That is only for products. So not the assessment, only for products. So when you purchase and you have $30 or more, you put the promo code in at your time of purchase, and it will take um, your discount off. I think it's 10 Yep. And that does not include the assessment. Nope, no assessment in that. Yeah. The assessment is already discounted. And then, of course, the marriage webinar, we want you to register for that for this Saturday. I definitely do. We're about getting ready to. to go to a prophet, Adia, who is just a phenomenal woman at this. And, yes. you know, she's one of our young prophets coming up, and we got her very young and just is growing in her calling. Um, but before I do, let me encourage you, don't miss this webinar. If you're married, if you're planning to be married, if you are engaged, if you feel like if you've had a marriage breakup and you're like, I need to explore some of the things that happened, We're going to go there Saturday, and you don't want to miss it. Find out why prophets can't help but prophesy marriages when they're just doomed and why they can't see the doom in a marriage that they're prophesying. What to do with that? Find out what you really believe about marriage yourself. What do you take to the altar? What do you take to the marriage bed? What do you take to the household? You should know those things. Very important. So make sure that you check us out. And if you are, if you haven't, take the assessment. Tonight we're going to talk about the prophetic aptitude questionnaire, our prophetic assessment. That's what we're going to talk about tonight on Prophetic Ed. We're going to discuss it, and we're going to spend some time going through. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tie some of my terms in my dictionary to my prophetic assessment. 
So if you have it, make sure you have it handy tonight. And if not, you should get it. It's on Kindle. You can even get a Kindle version of it. So you want to do that. Prophet Adia, did you see how nicely I paved the way for you this time? You did. You did. Man, what a powerful, powerful expert training today. Um, can you guys hear me okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. very good. Um, I really, my only comment, because I know you want to get to your callers in your, your second hour, is you said something that I think is something everybody can take to the bank and cash today, and that was that if God wants you to be a master of something, you said that Jesus will train you. And I think that that is the answer to many, many questions today. So just say amen to that, audience. Just say amen to that. Understand that if God wants to excel you, he will train you. Um, and, and also to know the difference. When it's really not your field to excel in, you won't receive the training. So um, powerful, and I obviously agree with what uh, Prophet Ashley uh, said as well in the commentary that she made. Great job on the the. Sketch. I guess I'm, I'm dating myself here in the drama years, but back in the day, we used to call what you guys did a sketch. Yes, I know people. I am older than what I look like, but that is what we used to call it, and I love that, so good job on that, and I think that that was a good sketch for people to, to assimilate what you were teaching today, so great training overall today. Thank you, Prophet Adia. Well, we're going to say goodbye to Periscope and tell you, don't forget tonight, join us at 8 p.m. You're not going to want to miss, rather, any of our prophetic ed for a while because we're going to dig into that assessment, tie it to your office, tie it to your calling, and we're going to undergird it with my book, The Prophet's Dictionary. So make sure you have The Prophet's Dictionary handy because that's where we're going. Bye-bye, Periscope. Have a great day. Prophet Adia, you're on. All right. We want to thank you for listening to the Paula Price Show. We are online every Thursday and on Periscope at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. You've been listening live today via blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. And we want you to be a part of our Blog Talk Radio family. So I encourage you, as you are listening today, uh, taking your quick water break, getting ready for Dr. Price to come back to her second hour, go online, blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show, and click RSS feed so that you'll never miss an episode and you'll always be notified when the show is about to go live. Also, we want to speak to our iTunes users. We encourage you, download the Paula Price Show via your podcast app on your iPhone or on your iPad device, your podcast app. Put the Paula Price Show in that app and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That way you'll always have access. You'll have 24-hour access to any recent Paula Price show, as well as the archives. They will always be available to you. So do us, uh, do yourself the biggest favor of all and go online, uh, get on your podcast app and subscribe to the Paula Price show via iTunes. And would you mind giving us a review? We would love that. It, it helps us to reach a wider audience with this program. So speaking to those who have downloaded the Paula Price show via your podcast app on your Apple device, please go on to the show. When you click the reviews, you'll see the stars uh, or you can click the reviews tab under the podcast. Leave a review for us. Let us know what you think about the program. It would mean so much to us if you would take a moment to do that. So please do that. Head to your podcast app right now and review. put a review on for the Paula Price Show. All right, just a few quick things I want to let you guys know. You can take advantage of those, uh, those broadcast offers. And actually what I'm going to do is just send you online to drpaulaaprice.com 
click broadcast offers and you'll be able to see all the details about the two different offers that we'll be offering all throughout this month. We have not ended the assessment sale just yet, guys, so take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. It'll be going away really soon. But take advantage of it right now, 20% off. I want to make sure that we allow people the opportunity to get their assessment at this special deal. So the assessments are online on uh, only on ppmglobalresources.com or through one of our affiliates for 20% off right now. We are still extending the sale to you. So take advantage of it. And when you do that, you'll receive one of the broadcast offers, or you can take advantage of broadcast offer number two, which does not require an assessment purchase. So please go online right now, drpaulaprice.com, and click broadcast offers. We'll see you guys tonight for a prophetic ed. If you're the, if you're listening for the very first time, we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to the show. This is the best decision of your life that you've made this week. Follow us every Thursday. We're here 11 a.m. for the Paula Price Show. Make this your Thursday broadcast and tell a friend or two. Big shout out to our social media families, our Facebook family, our Twitter family, our Periscope family, and our LinkedIn family. We see you. We love you. Thank you for your support. Give us a message. Shoot Dr. Price a message on social media. Let her know that you're listening. We want to pray for you. We want to bless your life. So we bless you. First-time listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to go ahead and pass it back to Prophet Ashley right now so that we can get to your calls in this second hour. Again, thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Back to you, Prophet Ashley. Have you ever wondered, why do I hear from God? Is what happens when I pray normal? Why do I think so differently? Is my relationship with God unusual? How do I explain my experiences with God? Does anyone else experience these things? I have so many talents, but how do I find my purpose? I know I'm called to ministry, but... Where do I begin? These daily questions lead to one solution. Introducing the Standardized Ministry Assessments Series. What was on God's mind when He made you? Find out how our assessments can help you uncover your greatest mystery, you. Our Standardized Ministry Assessments consist of 800 ministry-specific questions, 114 ministry-based categories, 50 ministry classifications, a comprehensive gift analysis, five-fold office identifiers, automatic response indicators, targeted benchmark scoring, automated result interpretations, custom readiness path options, call-specific recommendations, personal ministry advisement. Is this basically a personality test? No. Your results are custom-designed and not based on the traditional data used to determine your personality type or IQ. Instead, your results come from you, how you think, and what you believe, not predetermined categories into which you must loosely fit. Dr. Paula Price's nearly 25 years of research and experience see to that. How is this different from a spiritual gift test? Our assessments are not a test and assess more than just your spiritual gift, what you are good at and may be interested in doing for your church. We help you define your ministry calling, how ready you are to do it full-time, the type of training you need to do it well, and the best place for you to prosper whether in or out of the church. They don't just give you a number, they give you a life plan. We offer three levels of assessments. The Ministry Assessment Questionnaire, the Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire, 
the Apostolic Diagnostic. So what's your ministry IQ? Discover yours today. www.drpaulaprice.com or call 877-649-PPMG. Hey listeners, want to stay plugged in to Paula Price Ministries all throughout the week? We thought you'd never ask. Stay connected with all things Dr. Paula Price when you visit us here at www.drpaulaprice.com. Join the mailing list, share your story, purchase one of our latest releases, sign up for an event, and more. Visit Dr. Price on Facebook at facebook.com slash drpaulaprice or send us a tweet at twitter.com under at Dr. Paula Price. Have questions and just need a quick response? Send us a text at 918-602-2123. That's right. Send us a text at 918-602-2123. The possibilities are endless. We want to hear from you. So join us, www.drpaulaprice.com. We'll see you online. Welcome to PPM Global Resources, your one-stop ministry resource company. Whether ministry, professional, or personal, our products cover a diverse range of subjects, topics, and ministry issues that hit the center of where you are. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Explore the possibilities to conquer your world. Where are you going today? Ready to launch your own ministry? Want to develop a ministry training program? Looking for credible ministry education? You want guidance or direction? Maybe you just want to discover who you are. If you are a purpose seeker, looking for fresh resources, new ministry solutions, and endless possibilities, then welcome to PPM Global Resources, a ministry and professional resources company dedicated to meeting the needs of the 21st century minister. Why choose PPM Global? Because you want something better. We help build your vision, educate you in your calling, train you to succeed, teach you valuable skills, equip you to achieve, release you to conquer your world. Our business is your interests, whether ministry, professional, or personal. Our products cover a diverse range of subjects, topics, and ministry issues that hit the center of where you are. Think of us as your personal vision support team. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Your success is our passion. Check us out online or contact us at 877-649-PPMG. All right, Dr. Price, we are back with the second hour of the Paula Price Show. So excited to see what going to say today. <laughs> well, I'm excited. I'm ready to get to our um, our callers. And make sure you hit that one for us to talk. And also, don't forget, you want to sign up for Saturday. Relationship and all of those kinds of things are important. We will talk about them on Saturday. All right, Prophet Ashley. All right, our first caller is Natalie, and she is calling for prayer, Dr. Price, because she's having some health issues. Natalie, welcome to the Paula Price Show. 
Good afternoon, Dr. Price. How are you? I am wonderful, Natalie. How are you doing? I'm okay. Thank you. All right. Well, you say you have a health issue, so where are you calling us from, Natalie? I'm calling from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yeah. Oh, 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 Natalie. I so love Fort Lauderdale. I love Florida anyway, but I definitely love Fort Lauderdale and Palm and West Palm and all the Palms. I love them. I love the all around them, Miami. You know, Miami is busy. I just really thank God for it. It's one of my vacation spots. Natalie, I'm praying yes. to get a house there for me to visit. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have to make sure it's a visit because, you know, I can't leave Tulsa. But anyway, talk to me, Natalie. Tell me what's going on with you. Okay, so for the past eight years, I've been going through some physical issues. I've been having pain all, you know, through my body. I've been having blood spots showing up on my legs, fatigue. I've even undergone, um, not undergone, but I've had two miscarriages. And I've gone to the doctor. We've done the blood work. We've done the physicals. And everything turns out to be fine. There's nothing they see. So I'm wondering if there's something other than what's going on in the physical that is actually happening. We can't really put a finger on what's going on. Well, it's really interesting. I'm glad you asked me that. First thing I would like to say to you is that, Natalie, no matter how uh, spiritual the origin, in order for it to show its effects, it has to have a spiritual root. It has to land somewhere in the body. It has to affect some organs. So even if it's spiritual, let's just say, you know, for example, emotions are, you know, we, we can say emotions. Well, for us, the average human being, emotion is just a feeling. By the time we know an emotion, we are living it. We're feeling it. But it had to get a start somewhere. It had to get a start from our thoughts, our broken heart, you know, those kinds of things. So having said that, there is a physical uh manifestation of everything spiritual. So we need to find out what did this spiritual thing take advantage of because that's what they do. They exploit various weaknesses and deficits, et cetera, in our bodies or in our minds. So I want to ask you a couple of things. Um, Natalie, if I can ask you, and if you tell me you can't answer, that's fine. We can just put you down for an advisement. But, Natalie, have you had um, um, – have you been on birth control? I was at the beginning of eight years ago, but um, something that I never stayed on just because I would have um, physical symptoms to it, so I just never, not something that I was constantly on. Okay, and you say you've been suffering this particular malady for how long? For about eight years. Do you see the timing? Yeah, I mean, that, that's where I can pinpoint where most, where maybe just one of these things started unrolling. I mean, I feel like it's a cycle of, you know, it's always a cycle. It's always something, but it's always, I don't know, like, I feel like it's a cycle. Well, it probably is. There's a cycle that, that was triggered by something, some sort of chemical that didn't work in your body, you know? Okay. And most most women, before they stop, before they conclude that birth control isn't for them, they try several different types and several different, you know, um, particular strengths, et cetera. So you don't, you rarely take it once and then say, oh, that doesn't work for me, because the idea is that you need it to work. So the first thing that came to my mind was that. The other thing has to do with something that I would like uh, our people to talk with you later about, 
but I'm thinking that you have some sort sort of chemistry through your body off. And also, I want to ask you, eight years ago, were you in an exercise program? No. No. What type of activities do you do, have you done? Let's just say from 16 onward. From 16 onward, I mean, no physical exercise. I mean, I'm usually, I'm always up and about, so I'm not usually sedimentary. Um, so, you're not, I, so you're not athletic? Well, uh, because of what's been going on about last year, July, I started working out and started going to the gym um, just to see if maybe, okay, maybe I do need to start working on my body, but still um, no results with that as well. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I'm going to pray for you because that's it. But, see, I'm not one of those people, one of those ministers to say, I'm going to pray and everything's okay because, truth be told, even when people get healed from disease, the body takes its own process and its journey to heal, which is why I often encourage people to stay under some sort of um, health professionals or health practitioners' care um, because um, it's still going to take the time. What I do hear is that you, I'm going to pray for your endocrine system because this thing has to do with your something in your endocrine system. Something and, and I'm still I'm still seeing a medication. Um, I'm seeing a pill you took or are taking or did take for a period of time, and that if you literally have had an allergic reaction to it. Also, of course, you need diet. Obviously, diet has got to change for you. And if I'm not mistaken, you're a pretty good cook, huh? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you know you have to switch off on the diet because you like yeah. your cooking. And you like cooking, see, and I, hey, I'm understanding that. <clears throat> so that's the next thing. And if you're having this, whatever this chemical thing is, because I see another cause, we'll talk about that later on, but if you're having this chemical thing, this chemical reaction, you have to know about it. Now, I want to say this to you because I want you to think, you don't have to answer me on this call, but I want you to okay. think, think about it. Every spiritual assault has to have, a code or covenant uh, breach to work. You know, the, the, the song, I think it's in the Psalms that said, a curse, causeless shall not alight. A, a lot of Christians okay. hate that passage, but it's real. So you're going to have to explore your past dealings with God before you got saved, since you got saved, who you married, why you married them. You know, I'm t- saying that because all of these things affect our codes and covenants with God. Every covenant clause, God has a spiritual and physiological, biological code to enforce it. We don't realize that God's covenants have enforcers, and those enforcers are, have to do with our biological makeup, our genetic pool, and all of that. He okay. has those. And the reason that I say that is because sometimes it's a simple matter of God telling you not to marry somebody because you are biologically or genetically incompatible. But we feel like we're free to do anything we want to do because we don't have to think God's world. But for those of us who know that if God put a, if it's in his covenant and it's a clause, there is a physical and earth, I'll just say earth to cover the whole thing, there is an earthly coding that enforces God's word, and that's what saints don't realize, because God does not come and say, oh, you did this on Monday, strike you, oh, 
You did well on Tuesday. Okay, bless you. No, he did. He he put a code on it. Now, how do I know that? If we look at Deuteronomy 28 and 29, he tells you what, what's going to bring his blessings and what's going to bring his code. I realize that people think that that's under the law of God. No, that's a manifestation of the law of God that God himself put into the planet that was always working. And it was always working. We just didn't know it was working against us or for us, so we couldn't figure out how to make God do something on purpose or not. So I want you to think, Natalie, as you go forward and spend this weekend, I want you to go back to those issues where you and God had a clash. Now, this is what I'm seeing. I'll share with you what I'm seeing in very broad terms because I always like to cover my callers. That's just how I am. But in in very broad terms, I see that you're in your age around 16 years old. And I don't know when you got saved, but I know God has always walked your life. He has always intervened in things that didn't make sense to you until you got saved. So I know God has walked your life. And so about 16 years old, I see you being warned against something. It wasn't a verbal warning from the Lord. It was more like something between a dream and an icky feeling you had at the time about something that you knew had repercussions beyond your your present and beyond this world. That something is where you and God have to talk because there are certain things that happen after that that chipped away at your hedge. God had you and your family under a very strong hedge, and there are some things that we can do to chip our heads. For example, certain relationships, our friendships, girlfriends, boyfriends, it doesn't matter. Certain, um, uh, what do you call it, not, um, what do you call it, dare tactics and things like that where people kind of goad us into doing things that don't work. Now, for you, this is between your 16th and your 18th year of life. Okay. And if we can get back into that, we can pretty much track where this thing gains your authority. Okay. All right. Now, so I'm going to offer you uh, a suggestion. My suggestion to you is that, yes, I am going to pray for you, but I want you to call or go to my website, drpaulaprice.com, and sign up for a prophetic advisement because you need more than just this. You need somebody who is going to pierce your, your historical veil and tell you what happened and be able to say it to you honestly, because God wants to deliver you, but he needs your awareness. As I'm talking to you, his anointing is all over me for you, so this is your time. But let me say this. This is your season of deliverance. Amen. But okay. This is, okay, but this is the thing you've got to confront. And once you confront it, it's going to be stunning, because here's what happens with God, with God in these things. God never gets us on the big things. No, it's those little flippant things we do, those little dismissive things that we do, those little um, we're just going to, you know, reckless, we're just going to do it and repent later kind of stuff. We make all of that rhetoric and whatnot, and we really think that God's world accepts it, and he doesn't. And so we, we'll, we'll play those games. And so this is not when you hear what the thing is, and he will tell you because he's interested in doing so. Um, when he tells you, you're going to say, I cannot believe that's what this was. I mean, come on, God, I didn't even give that a second thought. Lord, I didn't even pay it any attention. I mean, goodness, goodness, what's the big deal about it? And I can say that to you because I often have those moments, and I prophesied that to people. And I said, but the thing that, that really got to God 
about you that released this in your life is something that you didn't think was important. And because so much of our, our doctrine and sermons trivialize God's reactions and responses to it, because we have literally, we have cast them in stone, like we've cast God's responses to us in stone so that he's got to behave this way no matter what. Whatever your relationship was with the Lord back then and what your destiny was, God says you hurt him. And if whatever it was, trivial as it seemed, broke his heart. And I just, I mean, come on, I just lived that a couple of years ago. And I was like, God, are you telling me that I'm stuck because of that? He said, it's not why you're stuck. It's what it means to me and why you don't care. Mm-hmm. And it's when he said that that my heart broke. He said, if you love somebody, whether you understand why it hurts them or not, is not the point. The fact is that when you love somebody, the, it hurts whatever that is that you've done, that it's hurting them should be enough to awaken your emotions and awaken your your affections enough to care about it. And that is when we have, well, this was a couple of years ago, we had this conversation. And so, and I know I'm spending time with you, Natalie, but I bet I'm talking to a lot more people in this vein than you are. We have been programmed and desensitized to God's emotionality. We don't feel that God should have any sentiments. We don't feel he should have any emotions because we've locked God into duty and responsibility to us, obligations. You know, duty, obligations, and responsibility. That's us. Mm-hmm. And our expectations. I always call that, you know, when I, when I teach this, uh, Natalie, I put it in, a, uh, in an acronym called ROAD, responsibilities, obligations, you know, um, to ROAD, duties, and expectations. So that's our roadmap with God. We just, we're going to ride on that. He, we don't care. And I'm telling you, who, you're meant to be a very sensitive woman. I'm going to tell you, I, I, I call you prophetic, but I will say to you this. You're going to be more of an empathic, prophetic voice for God where you're going to discern things and sense things that people cannot even own up to, let alone express. And because of that, God needs you to fix this. Okay. Okay, so okay. two things are two things are huh? No, no, are you okay? Just listening. Right. I'm 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 listening. Yes. Okay, two things we're gonna do. I want you to get that prophetic advisement. Of course, you know we don't do free because what you don't sow, you don't grow. So there, there is a fee. You know, if I know you understand, and there is a fee attached to it. And then the second thing is. In the interim, while you're waiting for your appointment, I want you to spend some time in God, and he said, and get your Bible. Now, let me ask you, do you have the Bible that you used when you first started learning God? Do you still have that Bible? Yes, I do. That's the one he wants you to read. You made notes in it? Yes. That's the one he wants you to go to. Okay, so go back to that Bible. Don't go to the newer versions and all the new things, because you got to go to when you and God were first bonding as a, in a relationship. And you really are a daughter. That's why he is here, because I'm telling you from the sound of your voice, he has been very responsive to your voice, very responsive. And so that means that you and God are still in a very good place, but he wants you to be in a better place. Okay. All righty? So does does any of this make sense to you, Natalie? Yes. It's, it's, uh, I'm already, I think I already understand what, 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 what it was. So, yes, it makes complete sense. Okay. 
good. I'm glad to hear it. Father God, thank you in Jesus' name for Natalie. But most of all, before we go there, Father, can we thank you for you? Can we thank you for your love for us, for your fairness, your righteousness, Lord, for your mercies, and even the fact that today in this call, I keep hearing it's time to be healed. And so, God, I thank you that all of the little foxes that have spoiled our vines and all of the nuanced things that we've just done and, and the, the, the consequences of trivializing your holiness, your righteousness, and even exploiting your affections for us are coming to an end. And that today, God, we can be free and we can own up to our stuff with you. And I'm hoping that not only Natalie, but all of our listeners today do the same thing, that they own up to their stuff when they were dismissive, when they trivialize what you Thought, where they just just dismissed your wounds and dismissed your offenses just because they've been programmed to do so by casual and flighty doctrine and, and, and playfulness in the pulpit and even in the church. I'm asking God that we one-on-one come back to you and we come back to that throne of grace. We come back to that day of mercy and that we drop to our knees and repent to you for things that we didn't understand were hurtful and that we do it, God, not just out of compunction, and not even just out of just wanting to have our way, but God, we do it out of our deep affection for you, that we demonstrate our love toward you. We're so busy talking about how you should demonstrate your love toward us. We miss it, God. And so today I'm asking that we will feel that that tug of your spirit, and we begin to come back to your throne to clear the record, to clean up things that we didn't even know were there, you know? People drop things and walk away and never know they drop them. They break things and never look back. But, God, I'm asking that you would give us that unction. And one by one, God, as we come throughout the remainder of this month, we come and we bow ourselves and we say, Lord, show us. And not because we're afraid of going to hell, because when you, when that's settled by the blood of the Lamb, but because we so love you. And we want to let you know we don't just respect you as our God, but we respect your love for us, and we give you the affection that you deserve. And obedience is the highest affection that we can give you. And so, God, I'm asking that you do that. And in doing so, I'm asking that you would lead Natalie into her situation and you would lead her to the, the things that, that she thought didn't matter. And she was even counseled out of it. You know, she was hurt for a little bit, and she was pricked a little bit and counseled out of it. But, God, I'm asking that you would bring her to a place where you can restore full fellowship and where this wound between you and her can end and that your relationship can go to the next level and you can bathe her in your righteousness and in your, your blood and your love and bring her into the fullness of your truth so you can use her as a daughter to handle difficult things for you. And yet, know that she'll be diligent and faithful in it, not crossing lines, not blurring lines, for the sake of convenience. So, Lord, I say that. And even as I speak, God, as she comes to the knowledge of the truth, we release the healing balm of Gilead. We begin to anoint her body for the healing, the restoration, the purging, because there will be a purging, the purging that will take place, that will set her free, spirit, soul, and body. We bless you for doing it. For ah, In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so much, and happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Okay, keep us touch. Well, we expect to hear from you so we can finish this off. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Prophet Ashley. That's right. Happy early birthday. Ha-ha. Happy early uh, birthday. Yay. <laughs> 
Okay. We have next. I'm becoming a senior citizen. Oh, stop that. I know it. (laughs) Who's my next caller? Come on, (laughs) Jim. Your next caller is Zamy, Z-A-M as in Michael Y, Zamy from Illinois. And she's calling because she wants to know her purpose and she wants to know God on a deeper level. Zamy, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hello, many, many blessings um, to you all. Dr. Price, God bless you. I'm just, God bless you. God bless you. I'm so cool. So excuse me. I said, God, if I could, I would just hug you right now. For the mother that you are, so much in me right now, and I've been praying, God, help me in this moment to articulate what is needful. I desire to be like the Christ in you. I bless you for that, and thank you. That is just, not only is it sweet, it's encouraging to my heart, and I thank you, and the tenderness that you have for the Lord. Oh, my goodness, he's going to use that greatly. So now you, I'm understanding that you want to find out about purpose and, and God. You Because, you know, you, first of all, I'm going to say this to you if I can. You and God have had a little bit of a drifting apart over the last several years. And God knows that you want to get your way back. I see you in a canoe, and you're rolling on waters that are a little bit disturbed, but they're not troubled. And you are bringing yourself back in. Here's why I'm saying that. I hear that in the beginning of your walk with God, you were connected with someone, a leader. I want to say an apostle uh, that was really... um, really good at developing you, but you weren't ready to understand all of the, the, the standards and some of the stringencies that were given. And, and so God is going to bring you back to that type of connection because you asked him to. So be open to make some changes and to make some shifts almost abruptly as God sweeps you up and brings you into his now for your life. Yeah. Be prepared because he's going to do it. When you know, funny thing about the Lord, we always like to put the prayers out, and then when he starts answering, we get we get stunned. Wait, God, that was how we were thinking about it. So tell me, how can I be a blessing to you today? I gave you my piece. Now it's your turn. God, you pretty much answer. It's just been um, some opportunities uh, with ministry and. Just really asking God for true understanding. You talked about the wilderness. You talked about so many things on today, and I feel like, God, that's my life. Like, hearing you and then getting in a place, and it's like, God, did I miss you? Am I supposed to be here? Have I been in this place too long? What are the consequences that I'm, that's going to be because my family is here with me, my children, and not wanting to miss him? But at the same time, when you've been where you, you're in a place that you've never been before, it's not familiar. It's like, God, let me have the strength to know how to fight. Let me have the strength to be organic, first as a son, as a believer. Just I feel like I'm in a process of, you talked about organic a lot, and I've only been listening for a week and just so hungry for the things that God has blessed you all to put out. But I feel like I'm in a detox. Like, get the junk out of me so that I can be organic. I can be raw. And I just desire to be a representative in the kingdom right. 
the right way, not any kind of way, not because people say this is your call, this is your gift, this is what, you know, I see in you, but not saying how do you get there? How do you get there rightfully? How do you, it's just so much. It's so, it's so much. I just desire to learn right and to be in my right season and time and God's perfect will for me and my family. Well, I'm glad because we are definitely the people to help you get it done, and this is the phone call to kick it off. So the first thing I want to tell you is that um, if you haven't taken the assessment, I need you to take it. And when you take it, have you taken it? Let me do this so I can talk on the right vein. I am. My husband and I have discussed to take it. We're looking to take it before or by the end of the month. Great. So let me tell you let me tell you what's gonna happen. The first thing that you're gonna to want to do is when you take the assessment, you wanna take it before the end of the month because we've got this special going on and you don't wanna miss that. When you take it, once you submit the assessments, Amy, you will get a, an opportunity well, I don't know how immediate it is, but you will get an opportunity that will tell you to schedule your 30-minute advisement. Every assessment comes with a 30-minute post-assessment advisement, which you saw, what you might have heard uh, Prophet Ashley and I kind of role play a little bit today. So you'll get that. That comes with it. Now, that will go, the 30 minutes is to go through your results to help them make sense to you and to help you locate it. Toward the end of that, you will be offered an opportunity to get on the training program that your results say is best for you. What we do is we customize it according to your answer choices and your selection because it's comprehensive enough to give us a pretty good snapshot of where you are and where God wants you to go. Once you sign up for that, that and it's a subscription. Usually, I think it's like a year long, and I'm giving you just broad information. The site will be more specific, and your advisor would be more specific still. Once you do that, you start a training that's specific to you, and you are the only person in that class. You don't have to share it. You get to be coached and trained and mentored one-on-one. And when it comes to what God is doing now, the church has been so bundled and so packaged, et cetera, one-on-one is appealing to a lot of our clients. Now, as you're doing that, if you decide when you're getting your 30-minute post-assessment advisement, I want some counseling too, you can up that. There is an opportunity for you to add to your first session so that you can get your assessment results and still get some counseling and some input from the profits that we use. Now, when you while you're on your program, you have access to information. You get a prayer of your own prayer intercessor. You get uh, counsel and coaching, and it's all to get you back to where you want to be. Okay? Okay. I'm taking notes. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Now, once you do that, you'll be able to – now, the other thing is that here's the benefit, because you need these benefits. I'm listening to you. Once you establish a relationship with your advisor, you get an opportunity to um, to have covering, because these people literally cover your lives. 
We pray for our clients. You come under our, our, our weekly intercession. You, you're there. You also have an opportunity to go online and schedule special advisements, life advisements. So this is a full package for you. You don't have to come, come back online alone, and you don't have to do it the hard way. You know, that's how we all fell off because they told us we could just do it ourselves between us and Jesus in our prayer closet. Well, that hasn't worked out very well for us. So you'll get an opportunity to do that. When you're done at every stage, you get um, you get uh, certificates on what you've finished, et cetera. If you decide that you want to be a part of a greater body, you can go to our network, joinnear, J-O-I-N-N-E-A-R, joinnear.com, and you can get covering. You get access to the Global Prophetic Company. You get access to our global intercessors. It is a full package. In other words, you get a family, and that is what helps us make it in this world. Does that sound like mm-hmm. something you'd be interested in? Yes. Then what what you're going to do is when we're done, you're going to go to my website, drpaulaaprice.com, and you're going to kickstart the process that's going to make you feel more covered, more valued, more protected than you have in a lot of years because that's what we bring to it. And, and for the times that you are, it, it becomes all about you as you make it all about God. And eventually the two are going to merge, and you're going to feel good again. And I make this offer to you. I also make it to your husband. And so because it really works if the two of you can do it together. It's been my experience that we can do it, you know, on our own. But if you have a relationship that's working, it's a lot more fun if you can do it together, even if you're going to be on different tracks. Now, I'm telling you, your results are going to tell you that you're different in certain areas. Accept those differences. Let him get on his track, and you get on yours. And then you have something to share, to compare notes, etc. That's my recommendation to you, Jimmy, today. Okay, I receive all of that. All righty, then let me pray. Father God, we thank you today for Zamy. We thank you for her work, her life, her, her love for you, God, the affection that she has for you, and her interest. This woman has a rich interest in you. I thank you for her devotion and even the devotion of her family to you. And, God, as she walks this step, I thank you that as you pull off the old, pull off the dross of the old, that you strip her of the old anointing and that which you can no longer use in her life. And, God, put the new on her. I thank you that her the eyes of her understanding are enlightened, that the understanding and illumination of our heart is, is, is turned on. And, Lord, that she finds her way not back to where she was with you, but back to you to go where you want her to be. I cover her, Father God, today with this prayer. We cover her and her household with the blood of the Lamb. We put safety about them, God. We move them out of the sphere of danger, and we put safety about them. In every way. That means danger to their house, their home, their money, their finances, job, whatever threats that are stalking them today, God. We shut we shut it down by the Holy Ghost and we bring them into your protection and into your ark of safety. We thank you for it all, God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you so much. And with the rest, a happy early birthday. <laughs> thank you, too. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Prophet Ashley. All right, Dr. Price. Are you ready? I'm set. I'm good. I'm excited to go. Excellent. Well, um, we have next on the line Diane from Pennsylvania. Our Diane is calling in, and she is asking for prayer for her family and a recent job interview that she has. Dr. Uh, Dr. Price. 
<laughs> Diane, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Diane, are you there? Yes. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. That mute button to get you, doesn't it? It got me. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm wonderful, Diane. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm great. I'm just calling because yesterday I had a job interview, which I think went really well, and I want to prayer for that, um, and also prayer for my children. I'm thinking about um, switching schools for them for next year. Um, they're not doing well this semester. Um, just wanted to know. Um, just want to pray for that. And what can I? What more can I do as a parent to help steer them? Because it's still like they're still a little. Um, still recovering and still going through, especially with with their father and everything. So, just wanted prayer and wisdom in the in the issue with my family and with and prayer for my interview that I had yesterday. Well, uh, the first thing I'm going to tell you is that you know people don't nobody's soul. I'm going to say it like this: no one's soul get into troubled state overnight. Okay, that's just the soul is slow. It may it may be quick to be impacted, but for it to turn, it's a constant pummeling, constant impact that finally turns it into something else. Now, why am I saying that? Soul healing takes time. And, okay. it, and the soul is not going to change just in a week or two. It's just not. Um, it, now, there are things that are, there are very potent things that God can do that will you know, kickstart it and just and, and, and keep it going. But for the most part, particularly on the journey that you and your family are on, it's going to take the time it takes. And okay. so that's number one. Number two, you need to find out why they're not doing well in school because if shifting them to another school, it may be your, your quick fix, but it's a Band-Aid. It's not going to yield what you think unless okay. they're in a very dangerous school, job, school zone. If they're not under danger and it's just a matter of them just saying, I don't like school and I'm tired or whatever, then you have to deal with those soul issues in them, not the school okay. or the school. So that's, that's something that requires you to have some advice. And so you need to call your advisor and kind of get that explored a little better. Um, okay. And, and then on top of that, um, I know that this is, you're doing your very best. So as I say this, I don't say this as a reprimand. But you're going to have to bring your children in Christ if you want Christ to do this renovative work. Now, what am I saying? They need to have an opportunity. I don't care if it's having, if you don't feel like you're the one to do it for and you need someone else. They need their own ministry. They need their own advisors, if you will. And I don't know how to make that happen, but they need that. And they need to, be, they need to learn God. Because here's what I want you to recognize. You May, and I'm saying you as a parent, generically you. You as a parent may be doing all that you know to catch up with God because you know, you know he, wrong for you. he told you what was wrong and now you know. You might be doing everything you know to get it right, but you can't affect their will by you doing it right. You're going to have to realize that while you were doing it wrong, they were learning it wrong. And they fell in love with what they learned. Now, it's a whole relearning process, and that process is, A, slow, and, B, going to have to be focused 
and C, must be concentrated. So they have got to come to learning God themselves, learning his word, etc., and learning it in a way that's appealing to who they are. And that might okay. be something that you need to look at doing. As you talk to your advisor, your advisor can give you some guidance in that. But you cannot, and it's, this happens all the time, when parents find Jesus late in life, when they find Jesus after the kids are older, they think the kids just pick up on their enthusiasm. Sometimes that happens. Most times it doesn't. And the kids need another path and another direction to come into that same discovery of, of the real and true Christ that you have. And so that's okay. going to take a little bit. And okay. you're going to have to – here's the other thing, and I'm saying this to you because I want you to hear it, but I'm also saying it to my other listeners. And you, you cannot use God as a cudgel. You cannot browbeat people with God and think that the kids are going to say, wow, okay. They may comply because they're intimidated by you, they're afraid, they're threatened, but as soon as they get away from you, they're going to drop him. You have to make God appealing. God okay. is wonderful. And we don't make him appealing enough to our children because we're too busy using him to to um, to deliver our discipline. Okay, so if you know God is going to get you, please, God's not going to do your parenting job for you. As you've seen, he, he wants you to parent your children yourself. He wants you to make them understand him as their father, their father in heaven, their provider, their resource, etc. So I'm going to tell you, stop browbeating your children with the Lord because they're not going to like him. Okay. Okay, stop. Don't do that. Don't because they're not going to like him. You begin to find out what makes God appealing. I, I mean, I made God very appealing for my kids, and even the the, the couple that didn't want to be with him like forever, they can tell you all day long, but they love him because it was more important to me that my children fall in love with God than for them to resent him and flee from him. Because when they got out on their own, I needed them to have a good relationship with the Lord, so that they could oh. whatever. So I need you to do those things. I hope that helps you, Diane. But my big suggestion right now today is that you make an appointment with your advisor, walk these things through. Okay. All righty? All right. Now okay. I'm going to pray. Father God, I thank you for Diane. Lord, she's just been such a fighter, such a trooper, pushing through with her family, pushing through with her purpose and her calling, God, and doing all she knows to do in, in, in her deep love and affection for you and her faith and her trust. So, God, I thank you that you put more people in her sphere of life that can coach her through this very difficult time, that you visit her children. God, people, we don't often ask you to do that, but, God, you can visit her children because you visited mine. You can visit them as their father in heaven. You can visit them as their God, their protector, their provider. And so I'm asking, God, that you strike up the relationship with her children that they need, that you know that they will build with you and that you begin to step into that father place for them and let them know that you are not just their mother's God or some imagination or some mystical figure, but that you are real, living, and alive, and that you love them and you have their best interests at heart as much as you have their moms. And so, God, I'm asking you to visit these youngsters, Lord, and create a relationship with them. You, that one-on-one that only you can do, Jesus, that they may know that they have a God who loves them for who they are, not just because of who they belong to or who they were born by, but from for who they are. I'm asking you to do that for her, God, and let her children fall in love with you 
the way their mom has fallen in love. And, Lord, begin to lead them and guide them by your Holy Spirit. And we bless you for doing that, Father, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we ask that you would give her the job that you've chosen for her. And, Lord, cause favor to overwhelm people when they encounter her, that we can meet her needs, God, financially, spiritually, emotionally, and psychologically. We bless you for it all, Holy Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Happy happy birthday to you. <laughs> God bless. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so Prophet Ashley, it's a coin toss. Do we do we do we get another call or do we what do we do, Prophet Ashley? Uh depends on how fast you want to talk. I mean I have one for you. Well let me see. If not, they can get they could be on the top of the, the roster next week. Come on, put them through. All right, let's do it. Okay, and in our turbo round, we have Zanita, Z-A-N-I-T-A, calling from Indiana. And Dr. Price, she has dreams, and they're happening, and she needs to know what to do. The uh, prophetic council in her church told her, call Dr. Price's show. <laughs> and get some I love it. Hi, Zanita. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you? I am wonderful, Zanita. So let me tell you right now, I'm going to go real super fast. How's that? Ready? Okay. Number one, I, I don't know if you've taken my assessment. I want you to take it. Number two. No, this is the first time I, I found out about it. Okay. I'm excited about you because your dreams mean something, and God is talking to you, and I'm so disturbed that it's this late. So I'm going to make you an offer. Are you open to an offer? Yes. Okay, my offer is one of two things. Number one, you can, when you get on, if you watch me tonight on Prophetic Ed, I will talk to you personally about your dreams when you sign on. When they tell me you come on, I'm going to talk to you about it. How's that? That, that sounds Number good. Two, what did you say it was, Prophetic what? Prophetic Ed, Periscope, uh, and Facebook, 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, Central Time. I'm going to especially talk to you. Because you don't have the time, and I need to address this. Number two, if tonight is not for you or you don't make it in time before I get into the teaching, et cetera, then you will be on the top of our list next Thursday if you call. So you have two options. That way I won't shortchange you. See, I thought you were going to say, can I pray for some, you know, good job, you know, house. No, no, you're going to come in the door with, you know, come on, sweetheart. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> with some dreams that are happening, yeah, we got to get yeah. <laughs> Okay, so okay. we're going to do that. You can pick one of the two things. You can wait until next next week, and we can do that, or you can let me know when you get on Zanita from Indiana, and when they tell me that you hit the this broadcast, I am going to address your dreams, Okay. Okay. So you get one of two things. Now, you got to be ready to um, email the dream to Prophet Ashley so we know what we're talking about. Oh, okay. All right, because we won't know. So you have to, you have to, or at least email what you want us to say because, see, that's not a live thing. We, I mean, it's not live where we could just talk to you and you could talk back to me. I guess somehow they can probably get us there. But anyway, you could do that tonight or you can wait till next Thursday and be at the top of the list. Your choice. Um, and you don't have to call now. You can you can just call in next week and we see your name if you feel like you don't know. Because you know you may okay. have to work or something. 
Um, I do have a meeting, but it ends at 8 o'clock. Um, so I guess I would have to do next Thursday unless you, I mean, it ends right at 8, and I would be able to call in. Or you said Periscope, I would be able to get in about 8.10, but I don't know if it would be too late. Well, you know what? I'll I tell you what. If it's too late and we see your name, would it be okay if I tell you make it Thursday? Why don't we Why don't we just make it for Thursday? If I see you tonight, we might say something, but why don't we just set it for Thursday? Okay. Okay? All okay. right. You got to be number one. All righty. <laughs> I will. God bless you. Father, thank you for Zanita. Thank you for her sweet personality and her her accommodating ways, God. And I thank you for making her number one. Let her not forget next Thursday. Make her number one. And until then, God, we cover with the blood of the Lamb. We we issue an edict of, of, of prosperity for her and salvation in her house all the way down the line. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Okay. God bless you. All right, Prophet Adam, guess what? <laughs> I'm running out of time. You're out. I'm out. Okay. I am out of time. Okay. Everybody listening tonight, don't forget, 8 o'clock, Prophetic Ed, we are going to go through the prophet's hand, I mean, the prophet's dictionary. We're going to go through some terms and tie them to assessment, tie them to the prophet's office, tie them to functions and duties, tie them to attributes and destiny and calling. You're going to love it. Don't miss it. I love you all. We will meet again tonight, 8 p.m. Central Time on Prophetic Ed. Until then, God bless you and have a great day. Hi, this is Dr. Paula Price thanking you for joining me on this week's show. I want to remind you that the counsel and wisdom, the prayer and prophecy that you enjoy today does not have to end with today's program. You can go to blogtalkradio.com backslash Paula Price Show and join tens of thousands of people who re-listen to my program every week. Again, blogtalkradio.com backslash Paula Price Show and you can relive the experience every single day. God bless you.